We as God's people, we have to put away lying. We have to put away lying even before making a confession, supposedly repenting of our sins, acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We must put away lying in saying that we are going to be fully committed when we come out of that water as a new creature when we don't have the intent of doing such a thing. One of the more common sins that is going to cause many people to be lost is the sin of lying. Because of this, Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, put away lying. Let each one speak truth with his neighbor. If we tell a lie, it is a little lie. But if someone else tells a lie, it is a big lie. There are no little lies or big lies. But as far as God is concerned, a lie is a lie. There are no little lies or big lies, but as far as God is concerned, a lie is a lie. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, a false witness who speaks lies. A false witness who speaks lies. A lying tongue. So apparently God has a problem with lying. That's right. Amen. The Bible tells us that God who cannot lie, Titus 1 and verse 2, God despises a lie. Amen. In John 8, 44, Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. When we tell a lie, we are like the devil. We claim one father in heaven, but the true father that we imitate is of the devil who was cast out of heaven. But if we always tell the truth, we are more like God and who we should be imitating and developing and growing to become as the son of God every day. In Acts chapter 5, our story, our context, Ananias and his wife, Sophia, had conspired to lie. We read, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell and breathed his last. Three hours later, his wife Sophia. I guess something else we can learn from this. You need to always know where your spouse is. Three hours passed. She didn't have no idea where he was. And she definitely didn't know he had been buried. 
So you know, spouses, we should keep up with each other a little bit better. If you're going to be lying. Amen. Well, then three hours later, his wife Sophia came in and also told the same lie. Then we read in verse 10, then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. God struck them dead because they each told a lie. This shows us how God feels about lying. Amen. Revelation 21 and 8 says, along with murderers. Listen to this, church. Listen to this. Along with murderers, the sexually immoral, and the abominable, that all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. This says that all liars, not some, but all liars, are going to be lost. They're going to hell, folks. So we must put away lying. In God's sight, you're not upheld and considered any better than a murderer. If you're a liar. You're not considered any better. Than the sexual deviant. Or the immoral perverted person. All liars. Shall have their part. In the lake which burns. With fire and brimstone. Why is this so important? i tell you why it's so important. Because the devil can easily deceive you into lying. That's right. If you don't guard your heart and you're not mindful of the things that you say, you can easily tell a lie. And on top of telling the lie, you will be comfortable enough to justify it. If it's going to cause little inconvenience in your life. Sometimes people steal from their jobs. Amen. I didn't say you did. I said sometimes people steal from their jobs. And you know I, I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. And I've heard people try to justify they said, well, this company has all of this. Why is it such a big deal to them? Because it's not yours. It's not yours. And we live in a society now that people's minds are so messed up. It's dangerous to pump gas at the gas station. It's dangerous to just park your car some places. Because people have justified in their mind that I am entitled to take what belongs to you. And a lot of this began through the justification of lying to yourself 
and justifying the lie that you told to yourself. The Bible says all lights shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. So this, this lesson is not about money today. It's about your talents. How often have you been quick to say what you can't do as a member of the church? But yet you demonstrated these same abilities and skills on your job and other places. Oh, was that just a misspoken statement? No, you just flat out lied. If you can't do it at church, how did you develop the skills all of a sudden to do it on your job? We must put away lying. So often we neglect the power that God has made available to us through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God that can enable us to do things we haven't even imagined. So don't be so quick to say what you can't do. Speak the truth. Maybe just say, I never attempted to try that. I've always thought about it, but I've been hesitant on doing it. But be careful about what you say. Concerning what you can't do if you claim to be a child of God because what you might end up saying is God lied. Because God is able to do all things. And he could utilize us and he can open doors that no man can open or close. And God can do things no. We may not have been able to do it on our own. But God can fix it where it can be done through us. He can use us. When I made the decision to go down into the watery grave of baptism. And I'm talking about me. One thing I had definitely made up my mind about to stop doing was lying. And it's not that I went around lying to people about different stuff. My point was simply I have made this decision and I'm not going to lie about it and go back on it. The Bible teaches us be careful about making a vow that you don't plan on keeping. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 because the Bible said God has no pleasure with fools. God has no, he, he takes no fun, he has no pleasure in people lying. When a person make up their mind to become a Christian, 
A person should be serious. A person should have a made up mind and they should understand this is no plaything. Because the God that they are entering into this covenant with don't play. You may say, well, Brother May, I was serious when I got baptized, but, you know, things happen. Yeah? People start lying. You get distracted. You start allowing other things to take precedence over things that should have a higher priority. But folks, lying would never solve the problem. Because when you lie, you got to keep lying. Now I remember when I was a young boy, dating all the different girls and everything. Man, you had to be a good liar. You had to be a good liar. And you know that? That becomes stressful after a while. You've got to keep up with the lies that you tell. And eventually, you know, you said, man, this, this, this is old. <laughs> Just to string some girls along and play with their feelings and everything. Man, you got to keep lying and lying. And every now and then, a young lady would say, you lying? <laughs> and I would say, no, 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 no. You didn't hear me right. So you got to keep lying. You got to put more lies on top of the lies. And you know what? That's a crazy life. Amen. But sad to say, some people enjoy lying. When I made that decision, I said, this is it, folks. I'm going back out there. That Saturday before that Sunday I got baptized, that was the last part. God was merciful. He was good to let me be foolish enough to go out there and party that Saturday when I had already said in my mind, I'm getting right tomorrow. But what if that tomorrow had never come? Yes, God is long-suffering. Yes, God is merciful. But you don't take His kindness for weakness. Stop lying. I challenge you today. Stop covering up and dressing up lying with what you call excuses and step out on faith and allow God to use you. Stop talking about and glorifying and what you're talking about you can't do. At least try and fail at it. Because there's even something to benefit from trying and failing. You learn from it. You'll never learn if you don't try. 
What kind of examples do we set for our children sitting around boasting and bragging and quick to holler what we can't do, but yet we always telling them you need to do your best? What if they gauge their best on what they see you contributing to the church? God knows what you're blessed with. God knows what your abilities are. He only created you. Right? Why not give Him your best? I go back to Philippians 4.13. I can do what? All things through who? That what? Can God lie? No. The word of God said, no, he can't. So even through your attempts to do things, even if you consider it a failing at what you attempted to do, maybe God don't see it as a failing attempt. He may use it as a teaching tool. And what you need to examine is not God. You need to examine to make sure that you are in the right position for God to use you to do what it is you're wanting to do. But most importantly, is it God's will for you to do? Amen. So a lot of times we give up on God. A lot of times we write Philippians 4.13 off because things don't occur the way we want them to occur or when we want them to occur. And we say, oh, well, why believe in that? But see, you also have to look within yourself and ask, why am I really trying to do this? Is it, God's, is it, is it for God's will to glorify Him, to serve Him, or is this out of a selfish motive? as Christians it's not about us everything that we seek and desire and should do in this life should be to the glory of God the scripture says whatever you do in word or deed do what? it's all about God folks if my heart is right let the word of Christ dwell in you Richly. See, it's all about glorifying God and not being self-centered and stuck up in myself. Can you imagine how, how much more active this congregation could be if everybody decided to take God at His word? Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, that. Hey, I got some tickets to this uh, game. Man. What time? <laughs> oh, I don't feel good. I don't have time to do that. Or I can't do that. I can't do this. Girl, come on. I got you covered. Go out. About the dinner with me, I got some stuff I need to tell you. All of a sudden, miraculously, I'm healed. 
Is it that we can't or are we just lying? Well, folks, you need to understand. God has no pleasure in liars. And as I bring this to a close, it's so sad. We look around in our society. Men and women are building these huge buildings. Attracting people. Misleading people. Misguiding people. And leading people straight to eternal damnation. Leading them to believe they are saved. Listening to a radio program the other day. And the, the guy really had a really good lesson. Until he said. If you are ready. To accept Jesus. Into your heart. Just pray this prayer with me. Just pray this prayer with me. Now I'm not making fun of people's beliefs and their sincerity about what they believe. But folks, a lie is a lie. And the sinner's prayer is a lie that people use to, to mislead and steer people to eternal damnation, to lead people to hell. Amen. You cannot be saved by praying that prayer. First, it's not anything that was authorized in accordance to the word of God. Well, how can salvation come by something that didn't even come by way of God? And if the sinner's prayer is going to save you, don't you think it would be consistent in how it's prayed? Yeah. This preacher quoted this way. This preacher quoted that way. Auditoriums. Civic centers. Stadiums. Are filled up. And have been filled up. For years. With false teachers. Leading people to eternal damnation. And I stop and think, wow, why can't they just say what the Bible says? Why can't they just use Acts 2 and 38? No, that's not good enough. If you preach the lie, you believe a lie, you're going to die in a lie. And the scripture says, all liars, all liars. going to be in the lake of fire. I say to you today that if you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you, well, let, let me first say, if you consider yourself saved 
and you got saved by what you understood was the correct biblical teaching by praying a sinner's prayer. That is not the correct biblical teaching on salvation. It is nowhere in God's Word for you to pray that prayer and then receive salvation outside of being baptized. You can't refute baptism and claim salvation. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is a simple passage. A very simple passage. Peter preached his sermon on the day of Pentecost. And he preached his sermon so profoundly that the Jews that heard him, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's the question. How do I receive this gift of salvation? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was the question? What must I do? Why would they ask that question? Because through the preaching that Peter preached, they recognized that they were enemies of the cross. They recognized that they were abiding in sin and that they were separated from God and they were guilty of the murder of the Son of God. Peter's response in verse 38 was not pray this prayer. Peter's response in verse 38 was not find a Bible-believing church. Peter's response in verse 38 was not call Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Peter's response in verse 38 was not to come to the mourner's bench, to run around, turn over chairs and pews, foam at the mouth. Peter's response simply was repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to stop and think because see Satan has desensitized so many of us that even in the Lord's church now, folks get offended for hearing the truth. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is it, did he not say that? He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is that what Jesus said? Well, how can somebody claim to be a Christian outside or apart from doing what Jesus has commanded? 
Some of us, we become so reckless in our speech that we, we talk about people we know and we'll call them a Christian. I mean, they're not a Christian. We call schools Christian schools and they're not teaching Christianity. They may be religious. Stop lying! Now you can dress it up how you want to. You can say, well, they just weren't careful. They just weren't thinking. No, stop lying. If it's not the truth, it's a lie. We become, we become so overwhelmed with not wanting to hurt people's feelings. I don't go out of my way to hurt people's feelings, but the truth is the truth. Jesus loved every person when he walked his earth. And they still crucified him. If you don't love the truth, that's not my fault. But it's not going to cause me to compromise from speaking the truth because you don't love it. I have no apologies for speaking the truth. I don't apologize for speaking the truth. And you know folks say, well you know the Bible says you speak the truth in love. It is spoken in love. Nobody spoke the truth better in love than Jesus. And they still crucified him. There are just some mean people in this world. There are just some evil people in this world. There are some people who just don't love the truth in this world. And I'm saying you don't stop living the truth. You don't stop preaching the truth. And you don't stop standing on the truth. Because people don't like it. Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He didn't say a lie would. He said the truth will. And it's time for us to put all lying aside. We're in this world. We're set apart. We're called out for a reason. We're in this world not to blend in with it, but to stand out among others in it as a light for them to see the course of their error in comparison to the truth that we abide in and live according to. Well, if I'm going to blend in, if I'm going to put a lampshade over my light, how in the world are they going to see what's right? I have no apologies for the truth. And just because I tell you the truth, it doesn't mean I don't love it. I think about Paul when he asked the question, do I become your enemy because I tell you the truth?
I pray not. I'm going to love you regardless. Now how you feel about me, that's your problem. But the truth shall stand. There's nothing you can do against the truth. Only what you can do for it. And you need to understand that. You're not going to go to heaven abiding in a lie. You're not going to go to heaven justifying and deceiving yourself. You're not going to go to heaven watering down what is true. Amen. Only the truth will make you free. Let's put aside all lies. Let's stop making excuses. Let's serve God for the purpose He has brought us this far to do. Or as the preacher said in Ecclesiastes, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and do what? Keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty. Of man. And that whole duty. Rests upon speaking. The truth. Let your yea be yea. And your nay be nay. Because when you go beyond that. Chances are pretty good. You get ready to start lying. So just, just halt it right there. Pilate, that's Jesus. What is true? You know, it's so bad that you become so entangled and, and caught up in this world when the truth looks at you right in the face and you don't recognize Pilate had that to happen to him. You're going to ask what is true? And he was standing right there in his face. I ask you today, do you know what truth is? Does your life imitate that you know what truth is? Do you believe Jesus is coming back? Do you believe he's coming back in a vengeance? Do you believe he's coming back for his church? Do you believe all the saved are in his church? Ah, well, well what? He only built one. Well, you know, folks get turned off about that. Well, they got a problem with the truth. I don't. Ephesians 4 and 4 say there's only one body. And that one body, Colossians 1.18, is the church. So if he's coming back for his church, he's coming back for his one body. And he's coming back for those that are members of it. And who have lived in accordance in presenting themselves through the blood of Christ without spot or wrinkle. You can't live any kind of way you want to live. You can't do whatever you want to do. And then holler about holding on, talk about being truthful. It's coming back for a church without spot. Keeping yourself separate 
from the world. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, that don't change the word of God. Amen. One day, you're going to see it for yourself. So today, if you, if you have not obeyed the gospel in accordance to how the scripture outlined one to become a Christian, <clears throat> this is your opportunity today to obey the truth. Not obey a creed, not obey a tradition, not obey what some man think and some theology of what man came up with. I'm saying obey the truth. Because the truth shall make you free. You are invited today to do just the same thing those people did on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized. Why? For the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ. That's where the authority comes from. So you can know for sure that you're saved and you don't have to guess or wonder and then you know what? Years ago it was the mourner's bench. The mourner's bench left. <laughs> then they came up with something different. Now it, it's, it's the sinner's prayer. Then the sinner's prayer got old. Hold on. If it's from God, when did God make all these changes? But when you just do what the scriptures say, it remains the same. You're invited to accept this gift of salvation and allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you through baptism. Because the truth shall make you free. For us who are Christians, if you're lying, let's stop lying. God has no pleasure. Just because you're in, don't mean you're guaranteed. Amen. You can't go back out there and be entangled again. And you know what? It can all start with a lie to get you tangled back up out there. So let's do what's right today, church. Let's do what's right. And honoring God and presenting our bodies a living sacrifice so that our service is so that everything that we do can be to the glory of God. And people will know that by this we are truly his disciples. Amen. What's our song, Adore? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, is our invitation song. If you desire to put Christ on in baptism today. We invite you to come forward, have a seat on the front row. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a selection. Thank you, Lord. So if you are ready to be saved in accordance to what the Bible said, we welcome you. We encourage you. The angels in heaven are waiting to rejoice over your decision. And if they're going to rejoice, we're going to rejoice just as hard and just as much. Let us together stand and let us sing. Thank you.